How many home runs did Babe Ruth hit in 1927? Uh, uh, I don't know. 60? 60. 60. 60. I think it was 60. Episode number 60. Oh, I get it. I see what you're doing. Look at that. Very nice. That was sharp. This is episode number 60 of Fill Me In. You know, if you asked me, would we ever get to episode 60, I, I would have said no. Yeah, you. In fact, you asked me that. You asked me that this morning, and I think I said no. And yet, look, here we are. Here we are. Uh, what's happening in uh, today's episode? We have your mail, of course. We have an update on Lala Pazula too. We son do. Son of Pazula. Yeah. We have another, yet another installment of how to pronounce Chon Vongsathorn's name. I think we're going to include several ways in which I'm wrong about soup. And uh, we have some contest stuff. We have winners of contests. We have new contests. We have all kinds of crazy nonsense. It's all going to happen, uh, but first we're going to entertain you with uh, this, this, this new hit. It's, uh, it's, it's reaching the tops of the Billboard charts. It's called the Filmian Theme Song. Now, are we going to go interview your mail? Yes, you please. said you didn't like the snapping right after the music. Uh, so here's a little bit of a pause, and then go. Viewer mail. Opening it up. Uh, our first viewer mail comes to us from Jonathan Brown. Jonathan Brown. Uh, Hot Brown. What's that? Oh, yeah, Jonathan Hot Brown. He won a contest like months ago, and he cheated, and we haven't yet solved the situation. Here's the solution. R&B. I defer my prize to someone else. Well, there it is. It's Done. taken care of. All right, we're going to just pick somebody else and give your prize to them. It might not be anybody who listens to the show, but uh, I think my sister Stephanie should win the prize. What do you think? Fantastic. All right, Stephanie, you are now the proud owner of a uh, scratchy Yahtzee book. And you only get it if you actually listen to the show. That's right, so call in. You know my number. Uh, Jonathan continues with... Hot John- Brown. Jonathan Hot Brown continues with, Jonathan Brown is not a Portuguese or Spanish name. However, I have studied Spanish for many years and use it weekly teaching ESL and computer classes to Latinos. Try to be concise, Jonathan Brown. Caliente Brown! Uh, Thank you for being concise, although clearly it was uh, not necessary in this episode since I read the mail instead of Ryan. But uh, it's it's a good practice to be in. Just keep your emails short. Yes. Don't you think? Short. On the short side. It should be on the short side. Short side. Daisy Duke short. <laughs> and viewer mail number one. Done. Good filing bye. that away. Our next viewer mail comes from Mischievous Viewer. Mischievous Viewer? Yes. Mischievous Viewer. Wow. Okay. Uh, mischievous Viewer titles his uh, viewer mail, Viewer Mail. And he says, watch out. There's a bobcat in your mailbag. Mischievously, mystery view." <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know. Is it mischievous viewer or mystery viewer? I think the mystery viewer is being mischievous. Interesting. Uh, and he and there is a a a picture. He emails us a picture of a bobcat uh, leaping towards us, much like your cat does, uh, with the 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 website www.richwooders.com. Uh Okay. Um, we so don't know what this means. I don't understand whatsoever. However, I, I would like to say that uh, maybe maybe Amanda Yesnowitz will step in for XOP, but one of them has to point out that you're pronouncing something very, very Mischievous? Well. Yeah. Not at all the way you say that <laughs> Mischievous. Word. No. Mischievous? Yes. Mischievous. No. Because there's no I. Right. <laughs> Mischievous. No. 
Our next viewer mail comes to us from Dan Fayer, winner of the C Division, winner of the B Division. Uh, I'm sure Mom's incorrect nickname wasn't a mistake. She just couldn't be bothered to look up what comes after Mike Nothnagel. But she can defend herself if she wants. By the way, the five-yard penalty will move her into the kitchen of the house formerly owned by Monica Lewinsky's grandmother. Interesting. I don't understand this at all. She got Mike Nothnagel's email, uh, 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 nickname incorrect. That has nothing to do with why she might be David Stein. We thought that she might be David. Do you remember she... David Stein? David Stein, we met him at the ACPT. He has a class. He teaches math. He has him with <laughs> Right, but we thought that he might be Dan Fair's mother. He but... might be. I don't understand how that email has anything to do with anything. Well, what does anything have to do with anything? It doesn't. Please continue. Our next email is from Jeremy Horwitz. Jeremy Horwitz, who also, by the way, uh, sometimes uses the name Jersey Whitmore. Does he really? Yeah, it's an anagram. Is it really? An anagram. For what? Yes, an anagram. For what? For Jeremy Horowitz. No way. Yeah. No way. Take all the letters in Jeremy Horowitz, scramble them up, and you get Jersey Whitmore. Every time? Sometimes. How many times? Well, at least one time. Good. He entitles his email prize request FMI number 058 contest. FMI, I like that. FMI? FMI. It's Phil, it stands for fill me in. I, I, I understand that. All right, I like it. Okay. He says, gentlemen... I feel that now is a good time to suggest that a new day needs to be created, at least for New York Times crossword puzzles. In particular, Byron Walden's puzzles seem at least sometimes to be designed at a difficulty level appropriate for whatever would be the next step harder than a Saturday. So if you guys would use your connections to make that happen, that'd be great. That would be great. I think most of your listeners would love an extra NYT puzzle each week. And if you can't yet bend time, I'd at least love to know what the day would be called. Wow, that's well. That's a pretty tall order, Jeremy. Uh, so you want us to invent a new day that falls between Saturday and Sunday, just for Byron Walden's puzzles, and you want to know what that day is called? Yes. Well, we're going to work on that, and at episode sixty-one, we will present the answers. And to if that. anybody has any ideas for what that day could be called, please, oh, please send them in. I I think I find that the hardest puzzles of the week, and I'm not I'm going further than the New York Times. I think that the hardest puzzles on a weekly basis are the Saturday Stumpers in Newsday. I think they are pretty difficult. I absolutely cannot even get a foothold. In oh, those. I did last week's Saturday Stumper. I didn't do yesterday's, but I did last week's. I had to look up like two things. You but did? Was, yeah, but I was able to do the rest of it. I think I've been able to know Google One, but for the most part, I, I just stare at it. it yeah. They're hard. They're really, really they're hard. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, all right. So moving on to the second paragraph of Jeremy Horwitz's viewer mail. Your note of Aquaman's natural relegation to the second or possibly lower tier of Justice League superheroes heroes, reminds me of the song Aquaman by an Oklahoma City band called Grandpa Griffith that you might find amusing. Uh all right, well, we'll have to look them up and, and see. Yes. Uh, maybe somebody in our sound department could help us locate Grandpa Griffith. And Franklin? Would you, uh, Franklin from the sound department. We have a guy named Franklin in our sound department? Yeah, Franklin, would you uh, look up that uh, song, please? I'm Aquaman, and I'm doing the best that I can. Standing up for freedom on the sea. Uh, the next viewer mail we have uh, comes from Sammy the Dentist. You know, Sammy. Sammy is awesome and writes to us with absolute nonsense. I have no idea what he talks about most of the time. Uh, this email is titled, The End of Google and Mike Nothnagel? Uh, 
the first line is Q breaking news music. Gentlemen, I am officially throwing my hat into the ring to dethrone Mike Nothnagel as Filmian's Google search. It appears that Mike is AWOL, and I would like to fill that void. Consider me your fact checker, your foil against questionable I beat a dead horse stories, your Einstein to Cartman's Beefcake 2000. Are you ready to rumble? Chomp Sammy the Dentist. You can stop that. <laughs> what that last part was. It's the end of the breaking news. Okay. You, know, you know, most people don't hear the end of that. No, they don't, because the news comes in. Usually they fade out the breaking news music when the news begins. <laughs> we do it differently here. <laughs> yeah, we definitely do. Franklin, next time, fade it out. <laughs> so Sammy wants to replace Mike Nothnagel as our go-to answer guy. I think Mike Nothnagel has a few things to say about that. I'll bet he does, although not this week. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Nothnagel, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I, we're going to leave this out there to be decided. Uh, if Mike contacts us, then, well, that will help. And if he doesn't, well, then that will help. I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> I'm not sure I understood that last sentence. <laughs> it's sort of like you reading viewer mail. Completely un- understandable. What? I, you understood the last one? Not really. You didn't? No. It was, it was about Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman. <laughs> uh, our no. next viewer mail comes from Neville L. Fogarty, Squishy Defeated. He titles his viewer mail, Thoughts About Minimalism. Ryan, Brian, and the esteemed Mike Nothnagel, pen pal extraordinary and constructor of the Friday Puzzle. How is Mike Nothnagel getting more viewer mail than we do? Uh, well, he's not, but how is he getting any viewer mail? I, I don't, he doesn't, he's not here. He's, he's not here. It's just you and me and Franklin. It's just, <laughs> it's just you, me, Franklin, and a dead mouse. That's it. <laughs> That's all we've got here. Uh, Neville says, with regard to last week's discussion of what's between what... Now, this also brings up something about with one of your pet peeves. Of what's between what? Of, be, of things that are between. What is, what is your deal with that? Well, it, my, well, my deal is just sort of the reality of language. You, you can't be between one thing. So You can be between two things. What do people say that's incorrect? Uh, well, they might, like, in reference to this podcast, perhaps, somebody might suggest, oh, you should, have real, you, you should really have music between every segment. All right. So, because every... Which, which you can't have. I mean, you can't have music between every segment. You can have music after every segment, or you can have music between every two segments, but you can't have music between every segment. And this upsets you. Well, yes, between. It's sort of like, it's like Decker's on a sandwich. You put the, <laughs> you put the meat between the breads. Right. Right? Between two slices of bread. Right. The meat is what goes, and you need two things, one on either side, uh-huh. so that the stuff in the middle is what is between. Does that make sense? Yes. All right, so if I'm serving you a grilled cheese sandwich, where is the cheese? Between the bread. Exactly. It's between the two slices of bread. But right? I didn't say two slices of bread. I just said bread. You're trying to be difficult, and I'm, I'm not, not try- letting you get away with I'm it. I'm not trying all right, to be all right, difficult. All right, all right, all right. What currently is between the two sides of your headphones? My head. Exactly. <laughs> because there are two sides to your headphones, uh-huh. one on each side of your head. So your head is between them. Now, did XOP t- tell you about this? Probably. I'm sure he did. Probably. So this goes with mischievous as far as <laughs> you know, linguistic horror of the day. Uh, well, blame the Bobcat. I do. I blame the Bobcat for everything. So Neville says, with regard to last week's discussion of what's between what, I think that the answer lies in minimalism. 
If you asked what's between New York and Los Angeles, I'd say the United States. By the way, I'm just going to interrupt here and say that last sentence, what's between New York and Los Angeles? That's two things, New York and Los Angeles. But it's one United States. You can't be between the United States. You can. No. No. The United States this, is between this, New York and Los this Angeles. This argument is between the United States and Fred. Fred? Fred. Who's Fred? Fred hates the United States. What are you doing? Who are these <laughs> other people? Well, Fred doesn't work for us anymore. Crosscan, these are fictional people. Fred and Franklin, they do not exist. How can you say they that about not Franklin? Exist. You thought Franklin was pissed at you they before. They do not exist. Oh, my God. They do not you, exist. You are really... They do not exist. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to see what sound effects he comes up with now. Oh, oh wow. Okay, they exist. They exist. <laughs> I do believe in ghosts. I do, I do. I, what's that from? That's from wait, something. I do believe in... in... I do believe in, in spooks. Spooks? Ghosts? What do they believe in? What is it from? <laughs> Sammy the dentist? What am I quoting? <laughs> uh, Neville goes on to say, If you asked me what's between New York and London, I'd say the Atlantic Ocean. In each case, the direction is irrelevant. That's my five yards. Neville Fogarty, squishy defeated. So uh, he's saying that it has nothing to do with direction. It has nothing to do with direction. It has nothing to do with anything. It has to do with what is the least amount of work necessary to explain where stuff is on the globe. Right. So really, he's kind of a slacker because he doesn't want to take the time to be perfectly clear. He just wants to shorten it to the least amount of work required. So it's much easier to say the Pacific Ocean is between Japan and the United States rather than, say, Europe, the rest of Asia, London, France, yes, the Atlantic, yes, right, (laughs) Europe, the rest of Asia, France, and the Atlantic, and London, and London. (laughs) Okay, wonderful. Uh, Our next viewer mail comes to us from Adam Hirsch. Adam Hirsch is most certainly not our friend who works at NPR. Who is our friend who works at NPR? We don't have any friends who work at NPR. All right, Uh, Adam Hirsch writes to us, dear sirs. As a working journalist, I feel compelled to point out that if my colleagues at the Times were to keep losing money, there would eventually be no Times puzzles published on Sunday, let alone two. Paper, Ink, and Puzzle Master Will Shorts, attendant, all cost money after all. Spokespersons for Be More Smarter Industries itself have expressed on air a desire to not lose money on Lollapazoola 2 Electric Boogaloo. So perhaps a desire to break even isn't so deplorable. I guess what I'm really saying is, it's tough times out there for newspapers, so maybe a little kindness is in order when they're forced to make cuts. I can't imagine Will is pleased about it either. I'm curious, though, how many Be More Smarter employees subscribe to the paper version of the Times? How many listeners? Yours very sincerely, Adam. So this is about the the, the lack of the second Sunday puzzle in the New York Times. Yes, and as of today, we are now two weeks in a row of not having a second Sunday puzzle in print in the New York Times magazine. And people are upset. Yeah, people are upset. Last week, I got pretty heated here on the show about you this. You did. And I defend my heatedness, but I also understand Adam's point. Uh, it, it is difficult. It's hard to publish a newspaper every day. It's hard to publish the magazine every week. You know, you, you get your money from advertising, and then you have to balance your budget to make sure you're not spending more than you're making, and you have to cut material. And I guess the people at, at the Times probably believe that the amount that they will ultimately lose from their subscriber base, I suppose, by not printing a second Sunday puzzle is, is far overweighed by the amount they can save by not printing a second Sunday puzzle. Right. 
So, it's, I, I don't know. What do you I, think? I think it's disappointing. I, I don't think it's necessarily... Uh, do you think the Times is right to do this? I don't, I don't think it's a question of right or wrong. I think that they don't want to go out of business. They don't want to. I'm sure they don't want to go out of but business. I, but they, I, I feel like maybe they could do, they could use maybe a slightly less quality of paper to save some money and that people wouldn't notice, and maybe they could add, add a couple more pages. It's, I, it's quite possible that there's a faction of folks there at the Times who think they could use a, a slightly less total number of puzzles and that people wouldn't notice. Well, people have noticed. Well, puzzle people have noticed. I'm sure there's a great number of people out there who read the newspaper who don't do the puzzles and don't care about the second Sunday puzzle disappearing. Well, we don't like those people. Well, we don't know those people. And they don't know us. Uh, you know what? I'm still disappointed, and I'm still heated about it, and I'd still like to voice my objection to the elimination of the second Sunday puzzle in print, but I also think that Adam is right. I think that all other options need to be exhausted. And you don't think they have? I, I don't know. You're not aware of the other options. I'm not. Exhausted. Now, the Sunday Times Magazine recently did change their format, uh, in their, their size. They reduced their size of the magazine. Yes. I imagine that was a cost-cutting measure. They're using less paper now, right? I would assume. And then your idea of using a lower-quality paper that people wouldn't notice, maybe they've already done it and you haven't noticed. It's possible. I, I You know what? I have almost never solved the, the magazine puzzles because I don't like the paper. You don't? It doesn't really work with a pencil. Now, do you get the Sunday paper in print? No. You don't? Ever? No. Never? Ever, never. I get it sometimes. I don't subscribe to it, but I sometimes buy one because I like it. Uh, usually when I go to work, I might buy one to like have you know, at my workspace to just sort of sit and read during the downtime. I find that I am contributing to the downfall of newspapers and magazines. By, doing, by reading all your news online? Yes. Yeah. I think much of the world is contributing to the downfall of newspapers and magazines by reading things online. But if you want to voice your opinion, we still have a petition. We do still have a petition. I, you know what? I feel a little sheepish about the petition now from this email from Adam. I've got to be honest with you. Because Adam's right. He's a smart guy, and he works in the journalism industry. He and does. he knows this sort of thing. He uh, does. But I, we'll still have the link to the petition. We will still have the link to the petition. I don't think the petition is there... To, well, you know what, the petition is there to say we don't like that the second Sunday post well, is I, gone. I think the petition should encourage the New York Times to exhaust every option. Uh, you know what would be awesome if we talked to somebody at the New York Times? Well, we should do that. We really should do that. We should talk to somebody at the New York Times. You know, I'm curious about what other options have been exhausted, because I'm sure that other options have been explored. I'm sure of it. I'm sure they wouldn't just think, well, the first thing we should do is cut the second Sunday puzzle. Yeah, I, they, they must have done other things first. Well, let's talk to somebody at the New York Times. All right, well, let's, we'll work on that throughout this week and see what we can put together for next week's show. Yes. Uh, would you like to read our final viewer mail? Final viewer mail. Uh, this is from, uh, well, I won't be, re I'm just going to be introducing. Oh, okay. Uh, this is from Amanda Yesnowitz, the unparalleled parallel Burr's engineer, a shining light to us all. She entitles her viewer mail, Sucky Part 2. And playing the part of Brian in this viewer mail will be me, and okay. playing the part of Amanda will be Brian. Excellent. Let me uh, put on my wig. All right, I'm all set. <laughs> wow. <laughs> did, what? No, Sorry. go ahead. Wow, did the whole petition really start with me? No second Sunday puzzle to be found this week. And I just tried to get the PDF, but once again, foiled, since I'm not a premium member. This is so unfair. Sorry for the rant. This just seems extremely sucky. Plum of discord. I think uh, Amanda is right in that it is un that it is unfair that you can't get the Second Sunday Puzzle unless you're a premium member. All right. Well, here's what I'm going to do, Amanda. I'm, I'm going to send you the Second Sunday Puzzle. 
uh, I have the subscription online, and I will download the PDF, and I'll send it to you. Wonderful. So we'll take care of that right away. Amanda, that, that's done. That should if any time that it's not. I know I probably shouldn't do that, right? Because I paid for the subscription and Amanda didn't. But you know but what? Amanda, Amanda pays for the newspaper and didn't get her puzzle. So I think that this is fair. I think this is fair. I, and I think maybe in the magazine they should have uh, some sort of a code that if they you should bu- bought the magazine, you can. It should say in small print on the back page. It say Papelbon. <laughs> <laughs> but the way Crosscan spells it. But the way Crosscan spells it. Papelbon. <laughs> Papelbon. Papelbon. And then you should be able to go online, enter the and code, type in Papelbon, and get your PDF. And, and exactly. Viewer mail, closing it up. Uh, the next segment we need to address is Lollapazoola 2. It's coming up in uh, just short of two months. August 22nd. That's a Saturday in August. Yes. Jackson Heights, Queens, New York. Yes. At the Community Church on 35th Avenue and 81st Street. Lollapazoola.bemoresmarter.com. It has all the pertinent information. Yep. It's going to cost you $19.100 yes. to attend. Uh, so far, we've confirmed a couple of the constructors yes. for our puzzles here. Uh, they include Todd McKay, uh-huh. known to some as Todd McClary. Who is also going that. to be attending. Ah, also attending. Uh, furthermore, Mike Nothnagel, pen pal extraordinaire and constructor of the Friday Puzzle. Who is also going to be attending. Wow. And Peter Gordon, quadruple threat. Who is also going to be attending. Wow, that's amazing. That is. So they're all constructing and they're all attending. Uh, just so that you understand how that works, we allow every what we do with the scoring is whatever your worst score is on any one puzzle, we drop that from your total score. Right. Uh, and so those who have constructed puzzles can still compete because they get a zero for their own puzzle, right. and that becomes their dropped score. Which, which perhaps might not be the most fair way to do it, but it's the only way to do it. I don't it. know. It seemed to work out last it year. It worked out fine. It worked out very nicely last yes. year because we had uh, Mike Nofnagel competed, and he, he did not win the whole thing. I think he finished third or fourth or something. Uh, and uh, Ashish Vensakar came and competed as well as contributed a puzzle. Yes. Did, did anybody else? I guess the other contributors were not present last year. I think so. Uh, but this year, those three will be there. I believe Doug Peterson is coming. Doug Peterson, crossword gentleman. Yes, all the way town. from California. He's going to be coming in, uh, to Lollapazoola, too. Yes. Any other big names? On Cross Can. Cross Can is from coming Canada, to Lollapazoola, too. North of the border. Coming from north of the border. You know, I hope he brings some uh, Canadian cuisine with him. I mean, we get, to ex- we get to experience south of the border on a regular basis because there's a Taco Bell in our neighborhood. But... Uh, <laughs> Not to mention a thousand Mexican restaurants, <laughs> but there is a Taco Bell. That's true. <laughs> but what is north of the border? Poutine is that was that did, what it is? Did you read the, that I wrote that there's a poutine restaurant that's opened in New York? Yeah, Jollibee. No, that's Filipino. Oh, aren't we going to go there, Jollibee? Yes. Okay. But we're also going to go to the poutine restaurant. Excellent. I look forward to it. So come to Lollapazoola, nineteen dollars and zero cents. No. Nineteen dollars and a hundred cents. Yes. ACPT-style finals. Yes, we're using the dry erase boards. Uh, lots of fun. Very, very, very Sign up exciting. as soon as you can. Absolutely. All right. Our next segment is how to pronounce Chon Vongsathorn's name. This is the sixth installment? Oh, my God. Is it really? Yes. We've been doing this for about a month and a half. Wow. That's hard to believe. It is. Uh, and we have no idea who this guy is. Chon Vongsathorn. I mean, I don't know him personally. Do no. you? No, but his Facebook picture shows him... Uh, <laughs> Uh, crashing his, out of the ceiling. His head is stuck in the ceiling. Yes, it's very bizarre. Uh, all right. Sean uh, Voxathorn. Let's see. Um, Dear Ryan and Brian. He writes us an email. Dear Ryan and Brian. I hear that bagged bobcats can be quite ferocious, so I'm glad <laughs> to be outside the viewer mailbag this week. All right. All right. What's going on here? <laughs> now, wait a minute. Hold on. Is he the mischievous viewer? I don't know. Sean Voxathorn. What's up? Uh, let's see. He continues. 
unless you let the bobcat out of the bag, that is. You didn't let it escape, did you? That wouldn't, bury, that wouldn't be very smarter at all, guys. Anyways, I was actually going to say my name for you today, but since I'm not sure where your angry bobcat is, I'm going to keep my voice down. I hope you get your bobcat issues sorted out. Chon. Uh, Franklin, you want to cue that up? Yeah, Franklin, if you wouldn't mind, uh, a three, two, one. John Vonksathorn. Lovely. Wow. That is the sound of John Vonksathorn's voice saying John Vonksathorn's name. <laughs> he also sent us that Bobcat picture. I'm quite certain he sent us that Bobcat picture. He is, he, with this, these two viewer mails of this week, he is now this, like, this little threshold of weirdness that he has now jumped over. Has he? Yes. Is that like jumping the shark? No, 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 because it's a good thing. Oh, it's good. It's a good thing. But that is that whole thing is very weird. It is very, very strange. But thank you, Chon. We are thrilled. Chon, are you, you coming to Lollapazoola? Are you, you even on the East Coast? We want you to crash through a ceiling. <laughs> I'm sure they'd love that at the church here in Jackson Heights. <laughs> why wouldn't they? I can't think of a single reason why. All right. So that is how to pronounce Chon Vonksathorn's name, which had, uh, which was very helpful. I think that was extremely helpful. Now we've got I mean, to... I think that pretty much he should have started with that, <laughs> and then none of the rest of this would have happened. <laughs> well, this is, we got it from the source. <laughs> we did. We did. All right, so episode uh, uh, 59 contest, we have a winner. The answer, what was the contest? Well, the contest was that there is a 20-letter, nine-syllable, totally normal word, that, a non-hyphenated word, that describes some books. Right. And what is that word? Semi-autobiographical. Yeah, we got a lot of people writing in and about we, it. we said that, that, that uh, you want, we want you to see, you send us the word, semi-autobiographical, and then you add something, either a, a made-up, a book or a real book, and we were going to pick the one that we enjoyed the most. Yes. So the one we enjoyed the most <clears throat> is as follows. A partially true story. I was born in a log cabin somewhere in Maine. My middle name is Chong. There was a dead horse wearing lederhosen in the stream. I read the 1962 edition of the World Book Encyclopedia for fun. I had spreadsheets to keep track of my favorite baseball players and my comic book collection. My favorite place is Disney World. Mjolnir. I used to watch Christina Applegate in Married with Children. I've always wanted to be a mathematical lyricist, musician, and actor. I got older and started doing crossword puzzles. I now live under Will Schwartz's ping pong table. Zachary Taylor! Pangram! <laughs> I am not a dentist and do not work for NPR. I am a close friend and confidant of Papelbon. I am the world's only Enigma community lister, a person who tracks people named on crossword puzzle podcasts. My wife says hello. Are we on? <laughs> the end. Chomp. Cross can. Wow. That is awesome. You know what? I'm going to actually hang this on the wall here. Okay. You are now hanging it. All right. It's hang. It's hung. It is. That's up on the wall. That is, that, that rivals Dan Fayer's sheet music and Chon Vonsathorn's MP3 as the greatest email of all time. We enjoyed it. That is fantastic. So, uh, cross can winner of the contest. You are now again winner of the contest. Two time winner. Two time winner. Two time something. That was just brilliant. It was great. I thought that was wonderful. It was awesome. I loved it. Uh, so send it, tell us what you want for a prize, and we will send it off to you. That sounds fair enough. Yes. What's next? I think our next segment is going to be uh, talking about the contest here within episode 60. All right. Now, this contest <clears throat> is from Todd McKay. This contest comes from Todd McKay. Now, I have to offer a slight disclaimer about this contest. Uh, first of all, Ryan really likes this contest. I do. Uh, I think that this contest is... Uh, reaches perhaps a narrower audience than some it of does. the others. So it might be more difficult. Maybe that's all that that I should say here, is that it might be more difficult than past contests. But it's it's about a subject 
that we talk about. Well, it is about a subject that we talk about, and it is about a subject that is near and dear to at least one of our hearts. Yes. Uh, so why don't you uh, read the contest? All right. Here's the contest. Think of a three-letter word that might be used in reference to the days of summer. Add the letters D, E, and R to the word, in that order, but not necessarily next to each other, to get a six-letter word. The six-letter word, followed by the original three-letter word, form the two-word name of a food eaten during the days of summer. And while I am not absolutely certain, I would guess that Ryan would be more likely to eat this food than Brian. Can you think of this food? Scroll down for the answer. Indeed. All right. So that was a lot. So if you're that out, was wa- a lot. if you're out walking your, your dog, dog uh, like like, who? like Vic, <laughs> the gavel, Fleming, uh, or Peter Gordon, triple threat, quadruple threat, quadruple threat, or Michael Marcus. Doesn't Michael Marcus walk his dog? Does he? I don't know. How about Raymond Hamill? Does he walk his dog? Raymond. Oh, Raymond yeah, Hamill. Yeah, there he is, Raymond Hamill. Uh, that's that, four. That's four. That's four. We got one more we for one you, more. Raymond. I can't believe we remembered it four times in a row. Yeah, I have. Uh, so send us uh, the code word, which this week is Papelbon. Uh, and we will we will send you the text of that contest. By the way, we need more contests. We do. If you're out there listening and you think you have a contest that would make a good contest for our show, send it to us. Because somehow we started doing this every week now, and we're not smart enough to come up with one on our own. We are not smart enough nor available enough to think about things. Right. So we need more. Yeah, so help us. Send us uh, an email. You can write to us at rbxblog@gmail.com, Or if you want to be private, you can write to either of us at our own personal email addresses. Yes. Ryan or Brian at BeMoreSmarter.com. Yes. We are gradually moving into our new domain. Gradually. Gradually. Very, very slow slow If anybody knows anything about web design or moving domains. Yeah, we'd like to actually relocate our entire existence to BeMoreSmarter.com. We own it, but we don't know what to do with it. Right. We we want to move the blog, but we also want to do a full redesign of the blog with a logo and a this and a that. Yes. But we're completely incapable. We are incapable, incompetent, and inexperienced. And we need to do it inexpensively. Very nice. I feel like that. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. What? On the horizon. Are you skipping this other segment? Oh. <laughs> Never mind. Get back. Get back. Go behind the horizon. Put away your Allen wrench. Yes. Uh, anyway. <laughs> we can skip it. I don't no, know. No, it. no, it no, matter. no, no. I, I, I misread. Okay. Uh the next, well, you should, I can't introduce this segment. No? No. Oh, well, this is just a follow-up segment. This is uh, Ways I'm Wrong About Soup. Yes. Uh, I, I got a couple of emails from people who want to help me uh, identify the ways in which I'm wrong about soup. We got one email from David Stein. David Stein, we met him at the ACPT. He teaches a class. He teaches math. He asked his students, would you rather? Uh, <laughs> and he might be Dan Fayer's mom. Possibly. We don't know. <laughs> Uh, He emails us with what Brian doesn't know about soup. Carrots make a soup chunky, not thick. I think the confusion might come from the commercials for Campbell's Chunky Soup, in which the product is often referred to as both thick and chunky. This might lead a soup neophyte to think that the two words are synonyms, but they are not. To make a soup thick, as opposed to chunky, you must use some sort of roux. An excellent puzzle word, R-O-U-X. I've made roux. A roux is made of flour and some sort of fat, like butter. You melt the fat, stir in the flour, and then add the roux to the soup in order to thicken it. David Stein. 
P.S. I am definitely not Dan Fayer's mother. In fact, I am no one's mother. I am the father of three, but that's another story. That is another story. I'd like to hear that story. I would. Thomas Heilman, would you like to tell us the story <laughs> about how David Stein is not someone's mother? Uh, we got another email from, uh, oh my God, who's this from? Isn't it? Oh dear God, the name isn't on. Oh, there it is. M-O-D-F-W-O-T-C-D-W-O-T-B-D. David Stein. Yeah, <laughs> David Stein. <laughs> how come you can do crossword puzzles so much better than I can when I can do all these other things like thicken soup, but you can't? A mystery of life. Just as you can find answers to crossword puzzles using search, so too can you now find out most everything about cooking. How to thicken soup? Here are a couple of websites. And then there's the simplest way, of course, cook off some of the liquid. You may have just used too much. <laughs> All right, so let's sum up. Shall we? Two weeks ago, you said that chicken soup does not gel when uh, you, you put it in the refrigerator. That's right. That, and, and, and you were wrong about soup. Last week, you said carrots thicken soup. Again, you were wrong about soup. I was. In what way are you going to be wrong about soup this week? Oh, do I have to announce it now? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, this week, I'm going to announce that uh, Campbell's Chunky Soup, you do not have to heat it up before you eat it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can tell you right now that you're wrong about soup. <laughs> really? What about all those times I've done that, where I've just opened the can and eaten it with a spoon? Oh, my God. That's... Is that bad? Oh. Is that, do you oh. think that's part of why I have such digestive issues? <laughs> Do you think be. it is from years of eating uncooked potatoes oh and clams? Oh my god! Oh, is that bad? Oh, I don't. Which I do you like better, Manhattan clam chowder or New England clam chowder? New England. What is Manhattan clam chowder? That seems to me like it's just disgusting leftovers. Like it's like it's clam when sauce it's made, marinara with water. Mixed no, in. when it's made well, it's very good. When it's out of the can, it's not. When it's out of the can and uncooked, it's really not. Oh my god! You don't actually do that, do you? Who can say? <laughs> I've been wrong about soup before. <laughs> you have been. This wouldn't be the first time. You have been. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, what is it now? Look on the horizon. I can't see. It's very hazy it's today. It's a thunder god putting together a flarkmar. <laughs> wow, I need a flarkmar in my living room. <laughs> As do I. As does everybody. It's yes, very... it is Thor. Thor. The god of thunder. And he carries with him the Allen wrench of sleet. <laughs> Oh, shoot me, Menar. I don't remember what we called it. Osterlinger. Ostermeyer. Osternothnagel. How about we just cue this? Franklin, where's the thunder? There's the Aquaman song. Oh, my God. Aquaman. Does thunder and aqua, does that go hand in hand? Well, thunder brings the lightning, and the lightning brings the rain, and the rain turns into the ocean, and that's where Aquaman lives. <laughs> and that's how she swallowed a fly. <laughs> Monday, June 22nd, by Fred Piscop. What are other kinds of C? Vitamin C. My last name starts with C. C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. Tuesday, June 23rd, by super cool Caleb Madison. Ways to beat someone up. I'll bet Caleb never got beat up in junior high school. Did you ever get beat up in junior high school? I never got punched, but I was misused. Wednesday, June 24th by Corey Rubin. Take out an ad. You know, we should do that for Lollapazoola. I did already, and it's running in highlights. Ooh, I hope Goofus comes. Yes, I'm sure you'll be there. Well, um... Thursday, June 25th by Bill Zayas. Do you think he's related to Dr. Zayas from Planet of the Apes? I think he is Dr. Zayas. Oh! <gasps> 
Friday, June 26th by Lynn Lemple. Are we having a colloquy right now? A formal discussion between two people? <laughs> no. Saturday, June 27th by Trip Payne. This included the famous video game Tom Brader. I never got past the French braid level. Sunday, June 28th by Barry C. Silk, friend and confidant of Doug Peterson, crossword gentleman, and man about town. We should have hidden a secret ingredient somewhere in the podcast as the contest. Who says we didn't? Did we? We might have. Oh my god. You weren't aware of it, but I have been secretly uh, sprinkling in the secret ingredient throughout this entire show. Really? Yeah, I challenge anybody. You have to listen to the show seven or eight times before you'll actually know what that ingredient was. It'll all become clear. It will. And, well, maybe it's bobcat entrails. <laughs> might be bobcat entrails. Mm. Mm. And so entraily. Bobcat. What? So entraily. Entraily? Yeah. Is that a word? Are we entrailing off, like, uh, the end of the podcast? Is that what's happening? Yes, that's exactly what's happening. Is it really? That is finally the end. Of the of the podcast. This is the end? Well, of this episode. When does it end? Right.